Thanks for listening to Reddit Guy. Today's content comes from Let's Not Meet. The name of today's first post is he asked for me by name. Yes. Call 911. I've never seen him in my life. I was watching my daughter's kids while she and her husband go out of town. They have a teenage daughter let's say her name is Alyssa. At like 3 am I am woken up by a weird rustling sound and look out the window and see movement. I saw a boy emerge from the bushes on the side of the house. I saw a bike tossed on the lawn that definitely wasn't ours. My first thought was it was a burglar casing houses, but since he looked young and came through on a bike, I figured scaring him straight would be enough for him to decide to head home. Didn't want to ruin a teenager's life by calling the cops straight away. So I went out on the porch, flipped the lights on, and said can I help you? In my classroom voice, the guy looked surprised but not nervous. He was wearing a Letterman-style jacket, but once I got a clear view of him in the streetlights, he seemed much older than my granddaughter. Gruff. And more wiry than athletic. He walked up closer to the house and said yeah I am looking for Alyssa. I gave him a disapproving glare, hoping head realize he came looking for a girl late at night and a grumpy old person answered, it's time to split. I am thinking what must be happened as Alyssa knew her parents were going out of town and maybe before she knew I'd be staying over told a secret older boyfriend to come over. It was late and I was alone with several kids so I didn't want him coming any closer to the house. I also thought it was weird he came so late and wanted to be sure Alyssa actually wanted to talk to him. So I said I am sorry. Who? And he said Alyssa. You know, Alyssa last name. This is her house. I thought, he knew her full name, they must be at least friends. I said you wait there. He started to walk up and I felt a sick burning in my gut. Instinct kicked in. I yelled no. Stop. Freeze then readjusted and said you stay right there. This is private property don't take a step closer. Wait. There. So I go in and Alyssa is asleep just one room over from where the rustling first occurred and I wake her up and say something to the affect of I don't know what the big idea was to have friends over this time of night but you tell them to go home. She has no clue what I am talking about. I say there's a guy outside asking for you. Confused, she gets up and goes to the window. She sees him and goes white as a sheet. He asked for me. Yeah. By name. Yes. Call the police. I've never seen him in my life. I called 911 immediately, but as I was on the phone with them, Alyssa started tugging at my arm. He's coming up. I had younger kids in the house to think about so I kept the door latched and pulled it just open enough for the latch and yelled I asked my husband and none of us know an Alyssa last name. Leave my property or I am calling 911. He got angry and started yelling for her to come out. Thankfully the police came pretty quickly and when he heard the sirens he grabbed the bike and ran off. I watched where he was running and he jumped into the passenger side of a car without headlights or front plates and sped off. The police followed in the same direction once I pointed them. But they didn't get him. They advised us to take all her social media details offline if she was sure she didn't know this person and said they'd had a couple similar reports recently and were looking into it. I got a heavy duty lock and she slept in my room for the remainder of my visit. Our next post got named Florida woman crawled out of my hotel mirror to rob me. This past Monday my co-workers and I returned to our hotel from a day of work out in the field. Rebecca and I walked to our rooms and as we stood outside of our rooms, I opened mine and I saw someone in the bathroom. I said, hello nobody answered. My first instinct was that it was a cleaning lady in there for some reason and then I saw my bag with my clothes in her hands. I said to my coworker, there's a woman in my room. Then I asked the woman, what are you doing with my stuff? 
It gets a little fuzzy here because I can't remember everything I said and what she said, but she kept mumbling about how her key still worked, how it still worked and that's how she got in. I was in shock and she was obviously very flustered having been caught mid-robbery. She dropped my bags and fumbled around with her purse and a white plastic bag. By this time my coworker was behind me watching all the insanity unfold. This woman was scrambling and walking towards the door and I said, what's in the bag? Thinking it is probably my stuff and so she said, no, no, it's just my things, it's just my things, it'll show you, and so she did. I looked and I didn't see anything of mine and so since I am obviously in shock at this time, I let her leave. I went into my room and it's been ransacked. I did a quick look around to see if anything had been taken. All of my electronics were still there. Then I went into the bathroom and I saw my underwear, my bikini, and my clothes shoved into my own bags randomly. Even my passport was shoved in there. Then I looked on the counter and I saw that she got into my medication. I am not sure what was going through my head at the moment other than I wanted it back, so I ran out the door to go find her. I ran to the laundry room downstairs and out to the sides of the hotel and I didn't see her. I realized I was never going to find her, so my coworker and I went down to the lobby to tell them what happened and then we called the police. We went back up to my room to wait and I noticed that there is a metal bat on my bed a little larger than one of those novelty wooden bats you can get at a baseball game but there's also a flashlight on the end. She must be left it behind in her hurry. She also left behind a necklace that must be fallen out of her bag when she was scrambling with mine. I was mostly freaking out at this point because I thought that she'd gotten away with my medication that I need. The police got there and took our statements and looked around the room as well. One thing that I noticed was that there were bits of drywall in the sink and I pointed that out to the cops but none of us really knew where it came from. We started looking at the door and the windows to see if she pried her way in somehow but there was nothing. So we kind of just went with the idea that she had a spare key or something, even though the hotel front desk was adamant that there's no way that could be. The officer that came brought two more officers as backup because they thought the woman might still be in the vicinity. But after our statements were taken, there was nothing else they could really do so they left. I sat down to finally make some calls to tell people, and as I am on the phone, I am thinking about the drywall in the sink and it still didn't make sense to me. So I am on the phone and looking at the drywall and the mirror on the wall right above it, and then it hit me. I got my coworker and asked her to help me pull at this mirror on the wall. And we took the mirror down and there's a hole there just big enough for a desperate junkie to squeeze through. I asked Brian and Rebecca if I should call the cops again to let them know that I found this and my boss said, there's still two cop cars in the parking lot, so I went down to tell them and the female cop kinda rolled her eyes, but the young guy said, it'll come check it out. They both came back up, looked in the hole, and found a pillow, blankets, cigarettes, clothes, toothbrushes. This woman had been living in the wall behind my mirror for god knows how long. She had access to me and my room at all times. I know it might be hard to picture there was a crawlspace about two feet wide in between the two rows of rooms. One of the officers called the original officer to come back and take pictures of this. She explained to him what's going on and all I hear over the radio is no fucking way, he comes back, takes pictures, and is just as mind blown as the rest of us, obviously we packed up and left immediately, what's even crazier is she has probably been there a long time. The last time we stayed at this hotel I would randomly smell cigarette smoke and I assumed someone was smoking in their bathroom and it was traveling through the vents. But nope a junkie was smoking just on the other side of my mirror. She had access to other rooms too.
the holes in the walls were from a renovation and the hotel hadn't properly patched and just covered up with mirrors. She could have been hanging out in people's rooms when they were gone, anyway this was insane and I am taking a little time off, posting from mobile so sorry if the formatting is off. Photo of the whole let's jump right into our next post titled creepy dude in the pharmacy with a weird fetish, this happened maybe 10 years ago when I was in my early 30s. I was standing in line at the local pharmacy to get my prescriptions. This is a small town and I am a regular there, so they know me on site. I was behind a couple of other people in line, and there were a couple of people behind me, I kept feeling a tickle in my hair in the back of my head, but every time I looked behind me, the guy there was a few steps back and looking at the floor. This happened several times by the time I was at the front of the line. The pharmacist told me she wanted to talk to me about my medication in the consultation room they had at the time since converted to a bathroom. I thought this was weird because w. E both knew I had been on this medication for years and would be for life. Nothing new, I get back to the room and close the door, and she comes in from the door at the other side that leads from the pharmacy. She told me that the man behind me had been stepping forward, sticking his nose in my hair, and smelling, before stepping back and looking at the floor. This shook me pretty badly as this is such weird behavior, especially in my little town. The pharmacy staff insisted on having me wait there until the guy was distracted by another pharmacy employee, and they had a security guard walk me to my car and watch me drive off, to make sure I was gone before hair sniffer came out and saw what I was driving and what direction I was going. I still use this pharmacy and some of the same people still work there. I will always be grateful that they took the initiative to make sure I was safe that day. Our next story is titled Someone broke into my house and tried to find me. A few years ago, I was renting a house in Northern California. The neighborhood was just outside the suburbs. It seemed like the perfect balance of having space and having nice neighbors close enough not to feel isolated. The area had no street lights, so it was very dark at night especially if there were clouds blocking the moonlight. It didn't bother me though. It made my little house feel even more quaint on dark nights, I got home from work one day in midwinter. It was a cloudy night, so pulling up to my house, I saw only what my headlights and front porch light illuminated. When I got out of my car, I caught a whiff of cigarette smoke. That was odd as I had never smelled that before around that house. I didn't see anyone nearby, so I ignored it and went inside. I had just got off a shift with a few hours of overtime, so I felt pretty tired. Even though it wasn't even 7 yet, I decided to take a shower and call it a night. I woke up sometime later sure that I had heard a noise inside my house. I wasn't worried right away because my friend would sometimes stop by to use my shower after work on his way to his night classes. I even gave him a spare key so he could stop by even if I wasn't home. He would always text me to let me know beforehand though, and I hadn't heard my phone go off, I reached over to my bedside table and picked up my cell phone to see if my friend had sent me a text. The bright light from my phone's screen and number pad blinded me. These were the days before phones had a light sensor that would dim the screen in the dark, and this particular phone was so bright I could use it as a flashlight. Through squinted eyes, I could make out that it was 9-something, but I couldn't tell if I had an unread text or not, I set my phone aside and called out my friend's name. There were a couple of seconds of silence before I heard loud footfalls as someone started running through the bottom floor of my house. I leapt out of bed and ran to the closet. They were already up the stairs by the time I had opened the door and stepped inside. That house had three rooms upstairs, two bedrooms on either side of the hallway, the one I was in and a spare, and a bathroom at the end. 
The bedroom doors were both closed, but the bathroom door was cracked open. I heard whoever was in my house thunder down the hallway past my door and into the bathroom. Thank God he did. That gave me enough time to open the attic access in the ceiling of my closet and hoist myself up. I had just started to lift myself up when the person ran back out of the bathroom. My feet were barely inside of the attic when my bedroom door burst open. I heard footsteps run into my room and stop. When they didn't see me in that room, they ran back to the hallway and into the other room which just had boxes stacked in a corner, some weights, and a table where I painted my miniature models. I guess they decided that if someone were hiding, it would be in the bedroom because they charged back into my room and turned on the light. A moment later the closet door was ripped open, I was crouched in my attic just a foot or so away from the access, so I could try to stop them if they started to climb up. From my vantage point all I could see was from about their knee down. They were wearing dirty blue jeans with frayed cuffs and worn work boots. After a few seconds of looking in the closet, they stepped away and I heard a loud crash come from my room followed by a scream of frustration and anger. That scream was the most unnerving part of the incident for me. It reminded me far too much of my stepfather who would scream in a similar way when he lost his temper. He would eventually be put in a mental hospital for several mental disorders that resulted in erratic and violent tendencies, the man in my house ran back due. WN the stairs. I heard crashes and clatters as things were thrown around and furniture was knocked over. I stayed crouched in the attic. I had left my cell phone when I ran for the closet, and I wasn't certain I could climb down without him hearing. After some time, the noises stopped. I started counting slowly. When I reached 1000, I decided it was safe enough to climb down and call the police. The first thing I noticed when I exited the closet was the intruder had flipped my bed over. I assume in an attempt to find me. That was the loud noise I had heard after he stepped away from the closet. I couldn't find my cell phone, so I went to the landline by the bed and called the police. I waited in my room until I heard them call out from downstairs, the first floor was a mess, but I had expected that. Chairs had been knocked over, the sofa had been flipped. All the books, pictures and knick-knacks I had on my shelves were strewn across the floor. The cupboards in the kitchen had been opened and all the boxed and canned foods had been thrown to the ground. As far as I could tell though, the only thing missing was a single knife out of the wooden block in my kitchen, the police checked the house from top to bottom. They found that the side door had been forced open by something like a crowbar. They also found a few cigarette butts along my fence line along with some foil and an empty pen tube which the police said people often use to smoke meth, so they think he had been watching my house for a while. I realized that he must have been out there smoking a cigarette when I got home. They collected up the evidence and told me I should stay with family or friends that night and get that door fixed as soon as possible. I opted to just not sleep. I moved a shelf over to block the broken door and spent the next couple hours cleaning things up. I would often go to the window with a flashlight and shine it along the fence line where the police found the cigarette butts and foil, but I didn't see anything. The next day I called to have the door fixed and motion lights installed at the back and sides of my house. I ran a phone cable up into the attic and added a landline. I never wanted to be stuck up there without a phone again. Nothing else happened at that house though. I lived there another three years without incident, one more precaution I took was practicing getting out of my bed, going to my closet and climbing into the attic as quickly and quietly as possible. I even kept at it when I moved, except now I go to a crawl space at the back of the closet instead of the attic. 
I try not to think about what would have happened if I had been a bit slower getting to the attic or if he hadn't gone into the bathroom at the end of the hall first. The next story of this episode is titled, Come Here Baby. A few years ago I was living alone in a little house which had a heavy back door that would swell up some after it rained and get really tough to open and make a lot of noise. Late one night I had passed out on my sofa in the living room on the opposite side of the house but woke up to something which I now assume was the back door being opened. I'm an idiot by the way and used to never lock the back door. Netflix was still blaring away on laptop as I slowly squinted my eyes open and realized there was the black outline of someone standing still in the hallway looking down at me. They were not very large or tall based on how much space they took up in the door frame. Being completely disoriented in my waking state, my mind latched onto the first thought that came to mind which was that it must be my girlfriend. I was naked at the time and pulled back my blanket with my legs sprawled and junk hanging out and called to her in my best deep sexy voice, come here baby, upon discovering on a naked 6 feet plus 200 pound man beckoning to them with his genitalia, the not my girlfriend person immediately turned on their heel revealing a large backpack and booked it for the back door. By the time I stumbled up to the door all I could hear was them taking off into the darkness at a full sprint. I can only guess based on their height that they did not come there with the bold intention of being the little spoon. The next post we'll listen to is titled The One Day I Woke Up Late May Have Saved My Life. I've told this story in other places, on other accounts before, but it bears repeating. One day, when I was an elementary schooler I think probably third or fourth grade, I was awoken by my mom in a rush. She had overslept, and since she always woke me up in the morning, this meant that I too overslept and now there was just no way I was gonna be ready for school early enough to get on the school bus. IIRC, school started at 8am, and my bus pickup time was 7am, but it was Al. Ready like 6.40 or something, and I was still in my pajamas and hadn't even had breakfast yet. So mom decided that today, we would just tell the bus driver to go on ahead and she would take me to school, which would give me plenty of time to get ready. So I'm sitting there at the dining room table eating breakfast, still in my pajamas, and it's now about 6.50. We hear the bus pull up, about 10 minutes earlier than usual. My mom peeks her head out of the door, into the foggy morning and waves the bus on. She closes the door and comes back inside, but the bus doesn't pull away. There's a knock at the door, and mom opens it to find a man in a bus driver uniform. He explains that he's a substitute driver, because the regular driver called in sick. He says he knows he's a few minutes early, since he wanted to get an early start on the route since he didn't know it well. Mom explains to him that she was gonna take me to school since we woke up late. He gets visibly upset, and says that he can wait a few minutes since he's already running ahead of schedule. My mom insists that no, I won't be ready to go in a few minutes, and tells him to go on ahead. He seemed angry about this, but turned around and got back in the bus and left. I return to eating my breakfast, and still don't have my school clothes on at this point. But at 7am sharp, another bus pulls up to my house. Mom thinks this is weird and goes outside to talk to them. She comes back inside looking terrified, but doesn't really say anything about it and tells me to finish getting ready for school. At the time, I didn't know what happened, but mom would end up telling me a few years later. When she went to this second bus, she found that it was being driven by my regular bus driver, and it was full of all the other kids that are usually on the route the other bus was empty, by the way. Mom asks the driver about the substitute driver and about him calling in sick. I never called in sick. There is no substitute driver on my route. 
Nikki says. The driver immediately called dispatch in a panic, and told my mom to go inside and call the police which she did, without me knowing and report this incident. There was absolutely no one doing my driver's route that day. Whoever this was, was most likely a kidnapper who had targeted me. I never heard anything about it again. Not even if someone else had ended up being picked up by this mysterious fake bus driver. But chances are, had I gotten on that bus, I would have never made it to school, or back home. And if mom hadn't overslept on that specific day, I would have been on that bus. Dot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reddit Guy. If you enjoyed it you can follow the podcast and never miss an episode of daily Reddit podcasts.